It's the luck of the Irish. Happy St. Paddy's Day. I, all I know is you're supposed to wear green and you're supposed to kiss people. And that can never be a bad thing. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. We help you find your pot of gold when you call that number. Of course, gold and silver, it's what we do, the physical delivery of it. On this Friday, congratulations. I mean, making it to Friday, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's tough out there. Uh, So congratulations for that. Green beer for everybody. Our website at allamericangold.com. Remember, today is the, we'll find out at the end of the day who won the very first uh, contest held on our new Facebook page. If you haven't friended us yet, what are you waiting for? We're going to be all over Facebook. Uh, We're going to be doing all sorts of things there, so get ahead of it. Get out there. Uh, I know you got it. Keep up with us there. Go out to our website, allamericangold.com, and right below where the spot prices are, you can find our Facebook page. Of course, we're on Twitter as well, at Patriot Trading One. Follow us there. The podcast, I mean, just so many ways, the most interactive gold company in the business, and what a business it's been. Quadruple witching hour. Well, I guess day on Wall Street, all kinds of contracts that come to an end. And uh, gold and silver are kind of like, yeah, no biggie. Gold's up a couple bucks. Silver's up uh, three, four cents. You know, gold's twelve hundred, right around twelve hundred thirty bucks. Silver's seventeen dollars and thirty three cents. As everyone's continuing to digest the rate hike from Janet Yellen. And there was one dissenter on that on that vote. It was eight to one to raise rates. Neil Kashkari was the lone dissenter. We're going to talk about why he did it, and it wasn't for a reason most people would think. In other words, oh well, I'm not sure. You know what? I, I don't like the economic data, something like that. Because as we showed you yesterday. Every one of them has the exact same thought. It's like they're the same person. <laughs> I mean, it's really kind of creepy when you think about it. Wait a minute. Every one of you thinks the exact same way? So when one, when one person has a different thought, it's worth talking about. We'll talk about that. We had some economic data out today, uh, and this was a what we call a hard data point. In other words, it's based in reality. Uh, it missed expectation, uh, and not to the upside, to the downside. We'll talk about that. We have really, uh, I think, two very interesting things uh, with the debt ceiling. As you know, because of the rate hike, people missed that we have hit the debt ceiling again. So the debt clock is is it's running, but it's really frozen in place. The the U.S. debt, at least on paper, will not rise until the debt ceiling has been lifted. Uh, we are in what they now call emergency measures, which I don't even know they should call them that because it seems like every year, or at least 
every 16, 17 months or so, we, we have emergency measures. And the, the, that's what I like to call accounting tricks. It, uh, I liken it to Wall Street earnings. Right? Okay. It's the end of the quarter. We got to release our earnings. Let's let's make all these uh, quick little accounting gimmicks to make it appear that things are better than what they are, and we'll put it out there. But when it comes to accounting tricks for the federal government, it it really has to deal with not putting money into the pension system, uh, not not issuing out or. What I'll say are, I shouldn't say really, it doesn't really shut down too many agencies. We're not there yet. As we go longer, they'll have to close or threaten to close certain government agencies, but instead they'll just use some accounting tricks uh, and on top of not funding pensions and things like that. I believe they can go to August or September, something like that before it really becomes a problem. Uh, and we're going to have a little uh, a little clip. Matter of fact, Fox News is doing a, it's, I, I don't know if you can call it a miniseries, a two-part series about the national debt and about the debt ceiling, and, and that's going to be coming up in the, the next segment. Obviously, as we sit here, the debt's, what, $20 trillion? Well, technically, it couldn't go to $20 trillion because of the debt ceiling, uh, so it's kind of stuck at the $19.9 trillion, and we'll talk about that as well as another record happened in 2016, and it's another one of those records that kind of leaves you scratching your head because it's, it, it, it's something that you wouldn't associate with a strong economy you wouldn't associate it with a great jobs market. You would associate it with the opposite. Hey, things must be tough out there. Uh, talking about overdraft charges uh, hitting the highest levels in almost 10 years in 2016. Overdraft fees, look at this as number, it's incredible. $33.3 billion consumers paid to the banks in overdraft fees last year alone. Patriot Radio News Hour on a St. Patty's Day. Find your pot of gold. We'll be back right after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800 Just how broke are we? $33 billion just in overdraft fees. Uh, the highest level since 2009. Of course, the reason was that the Federal Reserve implemented a rule that stopped banks from automatically charging consumers overdraft fees on debit cards and automated teller machine transactions and said the uh, required banks to get permission from the consumer before charging. Of course, now when you open up your bank account, they get that permission. (laughs) Whether you want to give it to them or not, you're not opening one until you do. Uh, Incredibly, $33 billion. 
think about all the things that could be done, but this is how hard things have really become. And, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve. So there was one dissenter. That was Neil Kashkari from Minnesota. Of course, we've talked about him. He is a new member, relatively new member to the Federal Reserve, and he's not an academic. Maybe the one of the very few that isn't. Still, obviously, a well-educated, but he's not the, you know, uh, he came uh, out of Wall Street, but he has worked uh, in government since the crisis. He was the he was the guy that ran TARP. The reason why he dissented is the Federal Reserve has a little problem that they don't like to talk about. It's called a balance sheet that has $4.5 trillion of debt on it. Of course, you know, they. how did the Federal Reserve get $4.5 trillion to buy the debt? In the first one, right? They just made it up, <laughs> right? Janet Yellen made a phone call, said, "Hey, someone down there in IT, you know, do do uh, do some clacking on the keyboard uh, on the keyboard and get us some money." And they took all of this debt off the hands of the Wall Street banks out of the kindness of their hearts. And you see, Neil Kashkari, he knows that if they don't get that off, that as the rates rise, the Federal Reserve is going to start to lose money. And remember, most people don't know this. Not only does the Federal Reserve give handouts to the banks, not to you, to the banks, when the banks don't loan all the money out, they can park it at the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve will pay them. Right? Of course, whose money is it that they're not loading out? But yet, we don't get any, anything for it. The banks do. They also have been remitting to the Treasury the proceeds of owning these bonds. Last year... $92 million. And if you think about it, you know, really, in, in real times, that's more money that would have been on the debt. So the debt really is even worse than what we're pretending it to be as it's stuck here at $19.9 trillion. And what he's worried about is if we don't get rid of them now when interest rates are still super low, We may need to borrow $90 billion down the road. Of course, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, and, and I'm sure uh, Mr. Kashkari, if you pressed him, would agree. They're never going to shrink that balance sheet. Matter of fact, wait till the next recession hits. That thing's only going to get higher. But speaking of debts rising, Fox News started a little series, and I say, look, it's only two parts, about the national debt. And I think, and and I'm going to play it for you because I think it's good for you to hear somebody else tell it to you. 
because I know there's a lot of people, and I don't know why. Not our regular listeners, but people that, that are new to the show or maybe don't listen that often or maybe the husband listens but the wife hates it or the wife listens and the husband hates it. They think that it's negative and all of these. And it's not. This is not negative. This has been a 20-plus year quest to get the truth and the right information into your hands so you can prepare. That's it. Ramon, let's play uh, Fox News talking about the debt ceiling. When it comes to money matters, most of us understand the importance of paying attention to the bills. So with a national debt on the rise and a debt ceiling deadline that's come and gone, why does it seem that elected leaders are dragging their feet when it comes to dealing with the debt? Tonight, a look at why it matters. The debt clock keeps ticking, each second moving closer to a total national debt of $20 trillion, with a T. That comes out to about $61,000 of debt for every American citizen. Those seem like scary numbers, so you might think lawmakers would be scrambling to deal with the next fiscal cliff, raising the debt ceiling. Past crises have led to partial government shutdowns, yet congressional leaders and administration officials are downplaying any immediate concern this time. We will deal with it, um, certainly before, uh, before the August recess. Um, as to the, the other issue you mentioned about the government shutdowns, that's, no one desires that. We're a long way away from that. So what is it? The debt limit, or debt ceiling, is the congressionally imposed amount the U.S. Treasury can borrow to pay the government's bills, raising that borrowing power to avoid financial default allows continued spending on things like Social Security and Medicare benefits, tax refunds, military salaries, along with interest on the national debt and other obligations. Ceiling is a misleading word of sorts. It implies a stopping point. But when it comes to the public debt, the sky's the limit. Nearly a quarter century ago, when President Clinton took office, the outstanding debt was about $4 trillion. A purring economy, budget cuts helped keep it in check, but began climbing again under President Bush. And when he left office in 2009, it was about $12 trillion. It only accelerated under President Obama now approaching $20 trillion, showing little sign of slowing under the new chief executive. Through government shutdowns, S&P downgrades, sequesters, and even suspension of the debt ceiling itself by Congress over the past two years, the self-inflicted wounds have turned the debt ceiling argument into a political pinata. The first thing to remember about our shared debt is we always have had one. In 1790, at the birth of our republic, it was $75 million, mostly war debts and the initial inability of Congress to tax. The debt is not just a bunch of numbers viewed in isolation. It's now a political tool that lawmakers willingly use as a bargaining chip tied to budget priorities. Fiscal policy, like spending and tax cuts, can help drive the economy out of recession. And increased military funding can respond to national emergencies, like the 9-11 terror attacks. So flexibility is built into debt ceiling increases and has been used 22 times in the past 23 years. 
it's become a political football. So what happens is, instead of using the debt ceiling as a reminder or a nudge to get us back onto a smart and sustainable fiscal path, lawmakers end up holding it hostage and it becomes politicized. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin warned Congress last week his department will have to take, quote, extraordinary measures to avoid default on the federal government's obligations. Treasury won't have issues paying its creditors until late summer. Short-term accounting flexibility would eliminate an immediate collapse. But prolonged delays could hurt the U.S. credit rating and further increase deficit costs into the billions. It seems like the legislative priorities are not so much about let's fix the debt, let's fix the deficit, let's control this growth in spending, but really just to continue the spending, to, to continue uh, you know, to add to the debt and deficit. If our creditors ever lose confidence in our ability to pay back our debt, interest rates could shoot up dramatically. That would be disastrous uh, for anybody who uh, has ordinary kinds of debt, mortgage, car debt, consumer loans, and for businesses that want to invest. Uh, it, could be, it could precipitate another recession. Now it's up to congressional leadership to determine when, not if, the debt ceiling will be raised. Of course we'll do that. The government is not going to default. We'll do it. Uh, in what context, I wouldn't predict at this point. We'll do it. I'm not sure in what context, but we're going to do it. Don't worry. And, and really, it's, when you think about it, it's, there's no debate to getting the deficits under control. And the reason is simple. We're already past the point. It's never going to get paid because history tells you they never get paid. And when you start thinking about where we sit now and think how quickly things have happened, and I'm going to I'm going to do my best today to educate all of you on what has really happened. We start with the Federal Reserve, the creation in 1913. And of course, we know now this was a very secret uh, of the richest families in the world manipulating their way to power through marriage and, and secrecy and getting uh, the right people, family members, elected into the right positions in Congress, meeting secretly and privately to push their agenda. And thus the Federal Reserve came into existence in 1913. By 1933, you know, think about it, it wasn't even that long. They didn't even make it 20 years, really. 1929, it all came crashing down. They took away the gold from the citizenry and then tried to say that they finally had fixed the Great Depression in 1937. And they started raising rates. Only to find out that it hadn't been fixed. And the United States went right back in 
to another recession, which a lot of people are now saying this is exactly, we're making the same mistake again. Now, what really got us out? It wasn't until 1941 when we decided to join World War II. Now, the history books won't say that. Right? They try to tell you that the, the Federal Reserve tries to take the credit for fixing it. But they, they weren't the ones that did it. And during the war, obviously, the government spending exploded, right? And, and, and as you saw, heard in that piece, before, the only way really the United States really, the debt really rose before the creation of this, central bank was war. And then as soon as the wars ended, the deficits went right back to being pretty much balanced. Some years a little bit of a surplus, some years a little bit of a deficit, but the the budget deficits didn't really grow. And then a war would come, it'd grow, and then it'd come back, right, and then we'd go back to pretty much balanced budget. After World War II, like the rest of the world was in a shambles. And we did okay for a little while. We're going to pick up that story when we return. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. Use words like no, sir. Yes. So they got themselves into power. And within what, not even, what, 20 years? They wiped out the competition. Because let's face it, the real reason was they were losing the depositors. And they needed, they wanted control of the money. And of course, they didn't see anything wrong with the roaring 20s. They never saw it coming. And then we had the stock market crash of 29. And then they claimed to know how to fix it. And all they needed to do was take away your gold. Right? Shut the banks, take the gold away. And that was going to fix it. 1937 came rolling around and they said, okay, see, it worked. We fixed it. And they started raising rates. We're not talking about a quarter point once a year. More like what Janet Yellen's threatening to do today. Hey, we're going to raise them, you know, three times, four times. And, of course, the economy went right back into another recession. And then after, you know, World War II started, and really that's how we got out. And then you think about we had, you know, some good times in the 50s and the 60s. But what we didn't know was by the 60s, a lot of the other foreign governments started worrying and didn't like this fiat dollar as much as we would have wanted them to. And they started buying back all of the gold. And what I mean by that is, you know, I've told the story a bunch of times. When they confiscated gold, it was $20 in 1933. Ninety days later, they said it was 35 
all these governments are like, hey, you're going to give me $35 instead of 20 You bet. Here you go. And started changing gold for dollars. And especially think about during, after World War II ended, they, they needed stuff, right? Their cities were in ruin. By the 60s, they're like, eh, here's the 35 bucks back. Send us our gold back. And the Treasury, we went from 20,000 metric tons down to the eight tons that we currently have allegedly today. And they closed the gold window in 1971 because they're like, with this keeps up, we're going to not have any gold. Right? And this is going to ruin the fiat money machine. And then, of course, what followed? Once they had closed the gold window, they had to 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 make it appear as if, yeah, gold's nothing anymore. And, of course, we entered horrible hyperinflation. And what got us out? And this is really the key part. The Federal Reserve doesn't take the blame for the hyperinflation of the 70s. Oh, no. Matter of fact, they never saw that coming. They take credit for crushing it. Yes, Paul Volcker had the courage to raise rates to, what, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 percent. But what they don't tell you is, quite honestly, Paul Volcker had nothing to do with it. In 1971, the total national debt was $400 billion. Most of that, over half of that, came from World War II. And really, if you combine World War One and World War II, you've got the vast majority of the entire national debt for almost 200 years. In 1981, it was only a trillion dollars. By 1993, it was four trillion. See, we got out, not because the Federal Reserve did it. Quite to the contrary. They caused it. We got out through massive deficit spending. Deficit spending that the world had never seen before. And the problem is the Federal Reserve and the and the government keeps trying to play the same card over and over and over again. But the card's not working. Right? The debt card's not working. It's now $20 trillion. Think about that. We rack up more national debt in a single year than we did for two, the first 200 years we were a, a country. Nobody talks about getting it in line anymore. 
When's the last time you heard anybody seriously talk about balancing the budget? Right? Republicans allegedly ran on that in the 90s. And now we're sitting here and the Fed is claiming they fixed it. And think about it. We had the crash of 87, the tech bubble. We had the housing crisis, the financial crisis, things like WorldCom. We had the Asian currency crisis. I mean, you name them, right? We had Cyprus and Greece. Right now, India and Australia, I mean, we got all these things happening. And they didn't predict any of them. And now, once again, not only is that, well, we didn't cause it. Well, you know what, they, they did, I guess, the, the only blame that I've heard, well, Alan Greenspan brought rates to 1% and left them there for a year, and that caused the housing, that caused the housing debacle. That did not cause the housing debacle. Now, you know what did? Alan Greenspan did cause it. But they caused it by allowing the banks this great new securitization. Right? Allowing them to bundle up these mortgages and create these dark pools and, of course, the liar loans and all of that. That's what caused it. Horrible policymaking by the Federal Reserve itself. And now they're pretending, and I say pretending because that's the only thing I can honestly believe, that they don't see what's coming. And they're trying to act like they fixed it again. History tells you they have never fixed it once. The problem is, I don't know what gets us out, World War III? Patriot Radio News Hour will be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Premiums are starting to rise, uh, probably to be expected. Uh, We've really been in a a sweet spot that we haven't seen in the gold market, uh, at least in the 21 years that we've been doing this. Uh, But we do have a great opportunity today at U.S. $10 Liberty. $640 $645 a piece. That means two tens are less than a 20 today. Uh, so in any time you can do fractionals for less uh, than, than the one ounce, it's, it's a great opportunity. Um, hardly ever happens like on the fives, on the quarter ounce, and, and, and anything below that, it never happens. Uh, but the $10 pieces, it happens from time to time. Today's one of those days uh, we, we had an opportunity. Uh, the wholesaler has about 100 of them uh, at a discount today, so you can pick up U.S. $10 Liberties at $655. So that means when you buy two tens, it's less than a 20. Well, great opportunity at 800 951 Get your pot of gold. And then we have a really a unique item. 
something that I don't know if we've ever run them, ever. I don't know if Eric's done them or not before I was here, uh, but in the 14 years I've been here, I don't believe we've ever run this product. We've run the product, just not in this grade. Uh, there's not very, there's 20 rolls, so there's not a lot of these. These are BU, which means brilliant, uncirculated. This is about as close to new looking as you get. BU Peace Dollar. Think about the Peace Dollar, uh, 1922 to 1935. So these things are, you know, 90 plus, 80 to 90 plus years old. Uh, the, the, this is the highest condition uh, before they're slabbed and put into those, you know, hard plastic cases you can get. BU Peace Dollars. And a roll of 20 today, they're $550. So if you want something, uh, it's old, the old dollars, and you want it in really, really nice condition. I mean, this is about as, right, as close as to new looking as you're going to get on a coin that's 80 to 90 years old. BU Peace Dollars, rolls of 20, they're $550. About the downside is there's only 20 of them. There's only 20 rolls available. 800-951-0592. That's the number to call. Place your orders today. Of course, that allows us to be here every day. Talking about really, you know, I almost think that if World War II never happened, I'm not sure we'd have a central bank. You know, the one thing they, they, they tried, I don't know if they, I mean, I know they do it on purpose. I just don't know why. You know, before 1913, we had a central bank in this country two other times. They didn't last very long. And really, the vast majority of the 1800s, there was no central bank. And you know what? We did just fine. You know what we didn't have? We didn't have any inflation. Nope, sure didn't. We didn't have massive budget deficits either. Didn't have any of that. We didn't have stock market crashes and all this other stuff as well. And now, one of the strangest things, you know that this is the worst economy that the Fed has raised rates in over 37 years, all the way back to the Paul Volcker. Paul Volcker had to, you know, he fixed it. <laughs> he didn't fix it. I mean, I, can't, I mean, you could say he fixed it. What fixed it was Ronald Reagan came in and we just started juicing up the national debt. That fixed it. Right, that's where the Social Security trust fund came into existence. By the way, the bulk of that trust fund money came from the 80s, by the way. Just so you know. That's when we overpaid the most. But according to the Fed's own, its own data, 
the Atlanta Federal Reserve has the most accurate GDP calculator going today. As of yesterday, well, Wednesday's meeting, they said GDP for the first quarter was tracking at 0.9, or nine-tenths of 1%. And by the way, that's an annualized number. So if you divide it by four, (laughs) is really what they said the growth for the quarter was, and seasonally adjusted, of course, two-tenths. That makes it the worst performing time of a rate hike in 37 years. Again, almost oblivious to what the realities are. The flow of credit. This is something I haven't even talked about. Is actually been diminishing. Again, not something the Fed normally hikes rates into. Something more to think about. We'll give it to you next. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on the St. Patty's Day. U.S. $10 gold pieces, $6.55. That makes two tens less than a 20. And then BU Peace Dollar, brilliant, uncirculated, about as close to new looking as you're going to get for a coin of that age, at $550, at 800 951 You know, just to think about, here's the Wall Street Journal yesterday. I didn't get to it. Hopes that a stronger economy would lead to more lending and further Federal Reserve rate increases have helped push bank stocks to record highs. But new data shows loan growth by banks is actually slowing. Again, not something you normally raise rates into. But yet, there it is. Auto loan. One of the big drivers. We know for a fact that the default rate on auto loans is picking up steam. Well, car sales, auto sales are starting to fall. And yet, what, we're going to help accelerate that process. We've got the retail apocalypse going on, right? What else do you call it? You see Radio Shack today, they filed bankruptcy again. They're going to shut 535 stores and then said, you know what, we may just have to shut them all. And most likely, I think that's what's going to happen. And they still had 1,500 stores. Who knew? The worst financial recovery in 65 years. This is the Great Depression all over again. They just don't want to call it that. Right? Why? Because we give out food stamps to 45 million people, so there's not a line. Right? Somehow... Because there's not a line, it's better. Right? Because there's no soup line, there must not be a Great Depression. But just look at the facts. It's the worst economic recovery in 65 years. Why? Because there is no recovery. 
they've gone to the one card that worked one time, the debt card. It's not working anymore. So now they're claiming victory, just like they did in the 30s. Oh, we're going to start raising rates, and somehow that's going to make it even better. The U.S. consumer isn't thriving. Right, we know consumers can't write a check for 500 bucks, but here's what we didn't know. Most consumers can't write a check at all, but they're doing it anyway. $33 billion just in overdraft fees. Right? That's, not the, that's no other fee. I'm not talking about the Wells Fargo fees, right, where they just set up accounts and, and charge you for them whether you wanted them or not. That's just an overdraft fee. We got the bond market that's already crashing. Right, and everyone's talking about this 260. I don't know what happens above 260. It hasn't, it, it, it went above it interday briefly. They got it back below that, but for how long? And you think that she's fixed it. Don't let this St. Patty's Day go by without your pot of gold. U.S. $10 Liberty, $655. BU Peace Dollars at $550. Everyone have a great weekend. Be safe out there tonight. Take care. Have I mentioned that I want to be gold?